Hi, I'm Tally. Hi, I'm Tony. And we're book lovers. Who are lazy? Welcome to part two of Fancy Book Series We Love. If you haven't already, go back and listen to part one first. <laughs> so I think I have talked about these before because we, we've said I've only read about five things. Um, <laughs> very true. So I'll keep this brief. The Shadowhunter book series is my favorite bre- being the ones with the clockwork princess and that which is the infernal devices the fact that all those series the spines all align like all of the different ser- oh yeah do you know, do you remember oh. i was saying to you because i've got the shiny covers and they all match up yeah. but you can have the kind that you've bought some of but you can get all of them in that kind as well and you know i was saying to you like i want both yeah I want the mortar instruments because I've got that and the kind you've got, which is the black and white one where it lines up. I'm getting all I'm getting all the ones to match. I have not read any of them. I'm getting all the ones to match. Exactly. So I bet I bought that series from the works originally. Shelf together. I just need them. Yeah. So when I first bought them, yeah, that's the series I bought, and then I bought the rest of them in the shiny ethereal covers. Mm. And now I'm like, I wanna, I want to replace the mortar instruments with the shiny covers but then i also want to collect all the other ones well you might as well just have two versions of them all what um... it's already already taken up two shelves and the two shelves are crammed Mm. what what do the shiny ones look like do they have a image across the spines the shiny ones no they don't all match up or anything like that but they're just really beautiful covers like she knows her audience they're well-designed covers oh yeah okay yeah so they're always like a very strong like image on the front and like the symbols Mm. the runes and then like oh that one's part of the series the lady with the long chain of gold yes that's cover everywhere so chain of gold is about the kids from the infernal devices series Mm. so chain of gold chain of iron which is the last hours series if you want to use the title for them all they are after the infernal devices mm. and before mortar instruments in the timeline but they've been released like way after both of those series because like mortar instruments is more than 10 years old now wow because you can get the 10th anniversary editions of that and the clockwork angel which i have <laughs> so what was the order that you said you should read them in you said uh, the infernal devices right infernal devices then if you want to go in chronological like time order you could read the last hours next Mm. but i think mortal instruments because mortal instruments was written first i believe mortal instruments will make sense if you haven't read the last hours yeah so you don't have to do that but if you want to go chronologically because obviously you finish the infernal devices and there's great characters in that then it's all their kids that are in the last hours um, and if you weren't ready to let go of them and then some of that history is in the mortar instruments it's really clever how she works it back considering the the, the years of gaps between them yeah. there's loads of things in the mortar instruments which appear in the last hours and was written more than 10 years later which i thought was quite clever and then after the mortar instruments there is the one i never remember the dark artifices mm. And that follows some of the younger characters from Mortal Instruments. And it's their story. And then, because the government's kind of in dis, their Shadowhunter government's kind of all a bit effed up by the end of the Mortal Instruments. <laughs> and it's about what happens with that as well, as well as like the story of the younger characters and things. And then <laughs> there's even another series, oh. which I think you could read after reading The Infernal Devices which is the the eldest child curses or something which is about madness and his life and his history and then it goes into the present day mm. but there's spoilers if you read that series before you read the infernal devices there's spoilers in it mm. and then there is ghosts of the shadow market which is a bunch of short story novels compiled into one big book so she did a bunch of novellas in between all these books coming out 
I think to keep the audience interested and then release them as complete collections. These authors that just are so just don't know how she does it delved into their world, they can just come up with all these. Stories. I've 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 yet to find something that I think is incongruous, like where she's mucked up. And then there's also Tales of the Shadowhunter Academy, which is the school in Idris, which is like their country, which was open back in the day and then closed and then reopened around the time of the Dark Artifices. But the stories in Tales of a Shadowhunter Academy also feature the characters from The Last Hours, which are the kids of the Infernal Devices series. Right. So, yeah, So, but that's those ones you could get away with reading last out of all of it. Because hmm. then they're just... But then they were released as supplementary things building up to other series. It's just like mind-blowing basically do all of these books have an overarching plot like what what is it yes so they're all connected so all the characters you meet in the one the infernal devices which is set in the 1800s all of them have descendants that are featured in the later books and there are it's all intertwined Hmm. and how she goes back and whether she planned this from the beginning i don't know because there are things there are things that are mentioned in mortal instruments that are symbolic elsewhere and uh, yeah i think i think they're very well done i think they get a bad rap rep sometimes <laughs> so what's like a brief blurb why why she does these things tell me about it okay so the fact that i will have to spend hundreds on and also it would take you a long time there's <laughs> so many aside from that <laughs> okay so the world it's set in is there is a magical race of people called shadow hunters. They are part human, part angel. And they are charged with being protectors of Earth from supernatural things, mostly demons. So prior to sort of the history and all these books, this is like the shadow hunter history. Basically, the world was being overrun by demons. So someone went and prayed to an angel and that angel gave him his blood and that became the first shadow hunter. And then the shadow hunter race is kind of spread from there. He gave him a cup that had special blood in it that other people drank from it. They became shadow hunters and they could ascend. Mm. So, so like they're not all related to each other. But there's not many of them. And they were given a secret country that's somewhere in Europe called Idris. But otherwise it's set in like our real world, our real time, that whole thing. Oh, cool. So their sacred duty is basically to protect the world from demons. But then later on, in life there comes about demon like almost like demon diseases that create creatures like vampires werewolves like other secondary creatures so you've got fairies as well which came before the shadow hunters and they are part angel part demon okay so the fairies pre-exist the shadow hunters and obviously the and then there's warlocks that are part demon part human right and then werewolves are just like humans that got bitten and obviously became werewolves and same with vampires um, and so the shadow hunters used to control them and so it goes into that so that's how it kind of approaches like prejudice and stuff like that is because the shadow hunters are worldwide so they don't really have racial issues but instead they explore it through like the different types of the different magical races instead mm-hmm. so the shadow hunters it used to be legal for them to just kill any so any of these magical people warlocks vampires they're referred to as downworlders okay and they were just allowed to kill them with it with impunity like um but all the history we say is after something called the accords were made which is like an agreement of like you follow these rules and we won't kill you <laughs> yeah okay but obviously there's huge magical races out there that are now controlled by these people who think they're better than them and there's lots of prejudice and so like in the time of the infernal devices the accords had just begun mm-hmm. so this is the first generation of shadow hunters who haven't been raised to murder downworlders and have been told to protect them instead okay. and it's all about the different approach they have to their elders yeah so that's like the general premise of the world their magic is accessed by carving angelic runes into their skins that give them some of them are permanent marks some of them are temporary and that's how they get their powers and then there's different types of runes for like bad types of magic that warlocks and demons can access as well if we start with kind of the mortal instruments, basically that starts in a time after a generation of shadow hunters before them. There was a very bad dude called Valentine who decided that he wanted to go back to the days when shadow hunters had absolute rule 
and he got a bunch of people who believed him and they tried to take over the government they did lots of bad things in the process and then we begin the series yeah we begin the series after that happened in kind of about 10 years after but his legacy is kind of still ongoing and it was never really resolved and there's people still in government who had helped him and were all on board with what he was about yeah yeah and then he starts and then yeah his schemes and things kind of start up again that's the more instruments ones and then it's kind of hard the infernal devices follows uh, this will be really long to go into all of them and they they're different through them all just (laughs) yeah yeah they're different they're different plot lines all of them different there's a big baddie in each of them okay yeah they're different baddies but it all kind of intertwines and it's all a lot of it results that their government is called the clave a lot of it results from their prejudice and their unwillingness to move forward and then our latest generation of shadow hunters so in the mortal instruments and the dark artifices that generation are like completely prejudice free couldn't care so yeah in the in the later series in the dark artifices there's a bit of a governmental divide, which is very much like what was happening in politics at the time, Brexit and like in America. There's a governmental divide between the younger generation who are very like open and then an older generation who have raised kids to yeah. believe these things and that there's a big split and stuff. So it's really, I, I think it's quite well done. The magical world's quite good. The characters are usually quite good. More recently, some of the more recent books, the characters always have like, atypical trait Mm. and more recent books have felt a bit rushed like they're trotting out those traits without any kind of depth okay yeah but like jace will do his jace thing with his hair and like clary will do like a clary thing yeah so that's my only complaint is more recent ones have felt a bit meh yeah (laughs) but not the big ones so like chain of iron wasn't like that Mm. But some of the other ones that have been coming out have been very kind of like relying on those tropey traits that each character has rather than the kind of the character depth that they usually have but yeah can't wait for you to read them <laughs> so this is um it's a high fantasy YA isn't it mm-hmm. I think is it high fantasy if it's oh. set in the real world I can't remember that's the only definition I know for sure I think it depends on whether hang on let's have a look it's quite a long explanation. Sorry, guys. There's so many. There's like 15 books. <laughs> and they all have different storylines. So low fantasy is being set on Earth. I thought lower is a bit set in like real world, but it's a hidden world within our world or something. Yeah, real world is low fantasy. Oh, so His Dark Materials is actually low fantasy, apparently. Okay. According to this thing that I'm looking at. Yeah, so... I mean, it... It, it could even his dark materials could even be considered sci-fi i guess if you now that i've just thought about it because it's got the oh, parallel yeah. universes as well well not parallel universes but you know what i mean so they had did they have a tv show of this yes they do it's still going on oh, um, but don't watch it you know what if you watch it without having read the books you would love it Mm-hmm. like i've got a, a friend who really loves fantasy like tv series yeah. she absolutely loves it loves it has no complaints i hate it and also the author never posts about it on her social media yeah. and i've got her on twitter and instagram so i feel like I feel that's like always a sign yeah and they made also made a movie of it as well oh what's the movie um, the mortal instruments Oh, okay. But it's only really the events of the first book. And then they didn't get picked up for a second film. And then it got made into a series instead. And then the series doesn't follow the... It does follow the events of the books, and then it doesn't at the same time in the most frustrating way. And then it gets certain characters spot on and gets some of them so wrong. Oh, that's really weird. You'd think they would just go flat out with them all being rubbish or... Yeah, the the main two, Clary and Jace, are just wrong. Hmm. Oh, the Clary in the TV series, she's just like the most pathetic person and she's always crying and shit. And then Jace is just like Jace in the books, he's very like masochistic and like macho and toxic masculinity, but like it's done in the right way. Whereas in the TV series, he's just like moody, mean man who's mean to Clary and doesn't have any development and blah, blah, blah. 
and it's because he had a sad childhood like sad boy tm <laughs> where it's not like that in the books i don't think anyway but yeah my favorite characters are the the ones in the the clockwork princess and all them that's the one i'm going to start with will tessa and jem i just <laughs> <laughs> okay. they are my life <laughs> Oh, like, I love him so much. Sorry. Yeah, but I love Will. Like, he's the best character. Okay. And, then, and then Jem appears across quite a few books as well, and so does Tessa. So they're not just in that series. Mm. And that, I can't tell you anything else, else about spoiling it. <laughs> no, I'm excited to give it a try. It sounds like it's going to be a bit of an undertaking. I think you'd have to dip in and out, like, because they're all split into, like, three and six and then three and then another three. Well, as we mentioned, I'm pretty chill about spreading out my series. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I somehow managed to just pick them back up and I'm fine. I don't know how you do it. Right, what's your next one? Okay, so The Edge Chronicles, a middle grade (laughs) high fantasy series. (laughs) Obviously, I've mentioned this before uh, quite a few times. I will forever mention it. It's my favourite series of all time. (laughs) Um, Add to my list. (laughs) So, it's got, I think it's 14 books. It's three sets of trilogies. Yeah. Oh, it must be like 12 books, actually. Three sets of trilogies. And then there's like books that are collections of short stories to do with characters, etc. Yeah. It's set in the world of Edge. The main characters from each of the trilogy are related. It's like generations. Yeah, I like that. So there's time, there's space between them as well. Like time has gone. So basically the first trilogy follows Twig. He, I've mentioned this one before. Mm -hmm. He is a human who was abandoned as a baby, grows up with wood trolls, but it's obvious he's not one of them, obviously, looking at him. (laughs) One day he goes to do something, and he strays from the path, and that's the one thing you do not do in the deep woods, you do not stray from the path, because you can never find your way back, and that's what happens with Twig. And it's about him, he, like, finds his own family, like, you know, family, found family, he learns to accept himself he finds a place for himself in the world it's a hard struggle for him gonna cry um no, the next trilogy follows his dad okay and then the last trilogy follows twig's son so there's okay jumps around a bit quince and i cannot remember what his dad's called quince's son and a lot of it is about the world and so the world it's very particular i showed you the the map of it so there's like twilight woods deep woods there's the maya and then there's a city called santafax which is a floating rock and that's like where the scholars live and then below it is where kind of all the dregs of society live okay in this city and it has flying ships which is my jam. I love yeah. it. <laughs> it has so many different creatures in it. Oh, there's just, it's such a rich, rich world. And it's got line drawings throughout. So it's written by Paul Stewart and it's got line drawings by Chris Riddell. Okay. Stunning, absolutely stunning. And so, like, the, there is kind of like an overarching story through all of it. And it is just basically the world. To how the world changes over time so the floating rock city gets diseased and it starts dropping and bits of it fall off and kill people in the city below that's like something that's dealt with in a in the quince trilogy the third trilogy mm-hmm. so it's overarching thing is that they're all related and it's it's mostly about the world which i think is great because it's i just, like that yeah it's like yeah it's just uh, it's just spot on it's just perfect i love it yeah the shadow hunter books are all just about the shadow hunter universe yeah and i love that yeah like the fact that you can just pop in different characters because actually the the plot is actually about the world not those yeah and you can also start them at any point and it makes sense yeah as well i think because that's the same with the shadow hunter once you could read any of them to be honest, and it's not going to be a massive spoiler and things are going to make sense. 
you don't have to read them in order but it's like nice too <laughs> yeah. yeah some of the characters like twig has my heart forever there's another character called the stone pilot who i also love and then there's a character there's characters that even to this day i remember how much they stressed me out like the first time <laughs> i read them like they were such bad guys and even to this day i still remember how much they creeped me out the first time i read them so like there's one particular character which he just even now just thinking about him i'm like Bleh! so yeah <laughs> they're good they're very well written characters i like that yeah another um, big series to get into i can't i don't i don't need it okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't need this <laughs> So my my next one will be absolutely no surprise to you, um, and I've mentioned it quite a lot. What do you think it is? Skullduggery. Oh yes, that's so funny because I thought that would be your first one, and then I completely forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, these aren't really in like order of favourites, to be fair. No, I just thought um, that was the one you recently read. That would be the first one you mentioned. Yeah, Skullduggery. I read. There's a lot of them. There's fifteen. Um. And I read them from September to, I think it took me September to January to get through all. <laughs> but I, I have never read something where I have, like, just loved it so completely, like, the whole thing. Even the books that are, like, the filler books in the series, they're well done and they've got interesting stories in them. And there's always, they are detectives, so there's always the slub plot of the de things they're detecting that sometimes has nothing to do with the big overarching story so skull duggery pleasant is a skeleton detective <laughs> he is literally a living skeleton who is a detective Dango vibes yeah uh he's and he's like a real smooth talker very charming mm. And like a big joker, like takes nothing seriously. But like a lot of bad stuff has happened to Skullduggery before we get to him yeah. in the history. He meets our like our main character because we basically the books are called Skullduggery, and he's in every single book. Hmm. But at no point do we ever see his point of view. Oh, never. So you either see Valkyries or you see other characters. It's mostly Valkyrie, and they're just around him, are they? Yeah, so he's our he's our main character, but you never hear from his point of view. That's really and interesting. He's a real he's a real mystery because a lot happened to him, and he's done a lot as well. And he's very powerful in this magical world. So there is it set in like the real modern world, and there is sort of an underground universe of these sorcerers. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at who the author was. So I was like, <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know that was like a, a baby thing. <laughs> a baby was making. No, no. <laughs> I was like, who wrote it again? Just trying to read it upside down. Yeah, Derek Landy. Um, <laughs> really fun to follow on Twitter. Just an FYI, everyone. <laughs> so in their world, they have sorcerers. These are people who have magic in their genetics, and it kind of comes out. And then they get introduced to this underground world, and their government is like the sanctuary. So every country has its own sanctuary who are kind of in charge and they have a council of elders and stuff like that and there's different types of magic so there's like elemental magic people or there are people who have very specific gifts so they're called adepts there's one of them her gift is like can unlock any lock and stuff like that they're very specific ones but basically when you turn 18 19 ish you go through what's called the change or the surge whatever power you get locked into after the surge is what you are forever so if you've only trained to be elemental that's what you end up being but sometimes people randomly like turn into an adept without meaning to it's kind of one of those things it's, it's still to do with their genetics and stuff like that as well but yeah and i it's really good and it starts with stephanie edgley who is valkyrie they have to take on a name so when they enter the magical world they have to take on a sorcerer's name because it seals their original name because if they don't do that then the original name people can have power over it yeah there's always and, power with a name isn't there that's an yeah. overarching thing in everything to do with fantasy you're born with three names basically in this universe there's your true name which is the name your soul kind of has and it's also a way to access deeper power yeah no, nobody really knows their true name um, there's the name you are given mm -hmm. and then the name you choose 
Okay. So there's obviously a lot of symbolism around the name you choose as well. And they're very good. They've been going on for years. I think the first one was published in 2001. But from the start, there's like excellent representation of everyone. You know, Valkyrie is comes out as bi in the later series as well and has a relationship with a girl. Yeah, we love to see it. And I mean, Valkyrie, I, I love her. She's a badass. And I think I would have really... Anyone with the name Valkyrie has to be a badass. Valkyrie Kane, which is oh, like Raising Kane, that whole thing as well. Yeah, so she uh, she's 12 in the first book and she just like basically decides, I'm going to be a detective. And Skullduggery's like, no, you're 12. And she's like, oh, I'm going to be a detective. And then Skullduggery like basically has to bring her along. So the first case they investigate is the death of her uncle. Hmm. And that's how she gets introduced in this world. She gets left her uncle's house in his will. And then she meets Skullduggery because of that. And because she's been willed the house, that he had a lot of powerful objects in the house. Hmm. So people come for her. So at first, it's just about like keeping her safe and like finding out what happened to Gordon. And then Skullduggery just kind of goes, ah, I think I'm going to have a partner. In- like she becomes his partner officially in investigations. And everyone's like, but she's 12. And he's like, <laughs> I like her more than any other adult I've ever met. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, yeah, and then so each, there's like, they're divided into trilogies. And there's like an overarching baddie per tri- trilogy. Then there's also one per book usually as well. Okay. And then there was an overarching storyline that went from about book three to book nine one long overarching one the one after that is like the aftermath and like you get to know more of Skullduggery's history yeah because basically they're both very powerful and Valkyrie finds out her true name and that obviously affects things and then it turns out like you find out a lot about what Skullduggery did because there was a war long before the events of the books and stuff like that I love them but they're just so funny like they're just joking the whole time and there's lots of like silly jokes during fight scenes and stuff like that yeah very yeah so this is the series if I remember correctly that we both discovered because we tagged each other in something to do with like acknowledgements and yeah he writes really funny funny ones and we're both like what is this series we need to read it Mm -hmm. yeah so he does really funny acknowledgements doesn't he yeah so I downloaded the audiobooks because I didn't know what to do I had like a credit on audible and all that I don't know what I fancy so I just downloaded it on a whim mm. and then became quickly quite obsessed. <laughs> I imagine I will be as well. You're not I the just, only one adding stuff to your list, don't worry. Yeah, the, the whole the whole world is, and all the characters, like not a single character doesn't have like depth to them. And you can, you can picture every single one in your mind. Like they're so well described mm. and all their names, like their chosen names have a lot to say about who they are as well. And the names in it are great. Is it? Is it YA? Yes. Mm. I think you don't see anything more than like kissing. <laughs> like in any of the scenes, it's very YA. But obviously you grow up with Valkyrie as she grows up. Because in the final, the latest book, she's like 25. Oh, I believe. 25, 26. Oh, so cool. So you get to like see her the whole, her whole life almost. Yeah. It, I mean, it jumps quite a lot. So like mm. in the first book, she's like 12 to 13. And then it jumps to when she's like 14 ish. Yeah. And then it jumps again to her being like 16. And then from there, we go really slowly. Because obviously, he, he, for her to be able to have more fun in the narrative, yeah. he did need to age her quite quickly. Fine, isn't it? Um, but it's really well done. She makes mistakes and stuff like that. And also, she sees quite like traumatic things for a 12 year old. And it deals with that side of it so well. Like her PTSD in the later books is just so well done. Yeah. But not in a way that's preachy, if that makes sense. Is it used as like a plot device or is it just she has PTSD? Yeah, it's almost like so there's still stuff going on. So there's like the baddie of the series. But at the same time, like Valkyrie's just really not coping. And she keeps doing like unsafe, destructive things to cope and to appear normal. And Skullduggery knows she's not normal. And eventually, like basically how and it's really well done how they deal with it as well they're one because they go on like little journeys as well to like different universes different worlds different countries and on one of the journeys she has a massive blowout and they find her having a panic attack Mm. and the thing she was using to cope broke oh 
like being as vague as possible what she took with her that she was using to cope rope and skullduggery finds her and he's like you've never dealt with xyz traumatic thing we're going to deal with it so they're essentially walking for four weeks and there is just several pages of skullduggery basically making her talk about it oh oh that's then, yeah so they they like she lost control of her powers at the same time because of it so they make her practice her powers and talk about it while she's practicing so they make her fight and practice fight and practice and talking the whole time yeah, and then yeah. different, different like skullduggery and then her other close friends in the series they all take her off at different points and work with her and like four solid weeks she basically gets like therapy with her friends oh, and it, yeah, uh, it's just more therapy with their friends <laughs> Yeah, and it's just so well done. Because obviously the, all the people in this world, the sorcerers, are immortal. Mm. So all the people that are taking care of her are a lot older. Like Skulldoggy is like 500. Tanith is like 80, I think. So they're all kind of like... Been through a lot, I'm guessing, as well. Yeah. So like, this is our baby. We're going to take care of her. And Valkyrie makes loads of mistakes and it doesn't shy away from that. And I love it. Like she's not a clean, dry like heroine. Not, neither of them are. They're very morally grey, both her and Skullduggery. Oh, we love that. They get people are. Yeah, they get shit done. Like they're very powerful. They get relied on by the governments to fix stuff, but that means they're not always doing what's the nicest option. <laughs> and like Valkyrie has a lot of conflicting feelings about crossing the line, but Skullduggery crossed it real bad a few years ago. So he's like. Basically, if you weren't here, I would definitely do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I love them so much. They're so good. I want everyone to read them. I want him to be like back on the, like everyone must read him. Please, <laughs> book talk. Everyone read him right now. <laughs> so yeah, that's me. That's my five. Okay. What's yours? So I've got one more and then I've got like an honourable mention and I'm sure you've got an honourable mention into it as well. So the next one, it's a series I've not finished again, but I don't even think the series has finished. So, um, The Wayward Children series by Sean and Maguire. That's another one I've not heard of. So it's a middle grade one, I think, yeah. and it's a portal fantasy series. So it's set... The first one, well, actually, you can read them in any order. Okay. Um, they don't have to be read in a in the order they come out. So it's set. It's really weird, actually, because number one and number two both spoil the ending of the other one. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> well, like number one and number two in the order they came out. So it's set in our world, but certain children basically before you get to puberty i would say it is sometimes find a doorway slash portal to another world and it is one that is just right for them in some way and if they go through they live in that world until it gives them a portal back to the human world okay our world and usually that door will appear a few times leading up to when they will no longer see it which is kind of basically aligning with puberty at which point they can decide whether to live in that world or the human world so they'll they won't go to a different world they'll go to one that is basically perfect for them okay so it's like children that are kind of lost and haven't found their place in the world and stuff like that i'm getting like Starless Sea vibes and then like Philip Pullman vibes as well. Yeah, like Northern Lights stuff. I like that. Um, so each book follows a different character as they find their world. There is kind of like an overarching thing of there is a school, which is the school for wayward children, which is the first book that came out, I think is actually just called the school for wayward children. And that's a school that deals with children who are back on earth and are not not coping with being back on okay so obviously as far as their parents are aware their kids have gone missing for months or years at a time and they can't explain where they've gone so a lot of these parents don't know what to do with their kids and their kids are very they basically have like trauma from everything so yeah put them into this school that's supposed to be for children with disciplinary issues 
but it's a lady who collects all the children. They look after them and she either helps them come to terms with the fact that they've missed the boat on that world yeah. or they help them come to terms with the fact that they're back in our world for the time being or help them if they decide they want to stay in our world they help you know they're just there yeah, to kind yeah. of help them. Well, it sounds like that miss peregrine's that yeah, series it's very that... similar vibes to that definitely yeah. oh um, i like it it's, so it's really good what i've read so far i think i maybe have two more books and then i've read all the ones they've released uh currently they uh, only released one in january this year that's um, like five so far from what i'm seeing on amazon oh six books oh, for goodness sake natalie the something <laughs> about green grass is the most recent one i don't um, need this i don't need this many books <laughs> they're really fun they're really good at like help it's got a bit of a found family vibe as well because you know of course it does and they're i think they're just really good at helping you realize that even if you don't fit in right now you will so that's why i think they are middle grade ones yeah um, but it's got quite a bit of diversity there's a character who is transgender there's a there's some gay characters there's a character that i'm fairly confident is asexual though i don't think that's actually specified so okay. there's some really nice representation for it all of all these children just trying to find their place in the world the best bit of his world so visit um shauna mcguire has built the world like so fantastically uh, especially considering they're novellas the worlds are absolutely amazing yeah and so different from each other yes oh, i like it sounds it sounds like something i would have very much related to as a teenager <laughs> yeah i mean i read the like some of them in particular i was like oh that, that was me as a teenager like yeah i'd read this i was thinking but it doesn't shy away from dark themes either at all well, it sounds like it's dealing with it, but in the childhood, like the way of like coming of age kind of context. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend that, especially if you like that Miss Peregrine's School for Imagination. I've only seen the film actually. I've never read the books. I've not seen the film. I've read the first book. I loved it. I do intend on finishing this. Well, reading the rest of the series. The film did look good from like the trailer that I saw. Yeah, I enjoyed the film. Like a lot of it, I don't think it explained things very well. Like the world of it, though. So I felt quite lost for most of it. I think films like I, I just think when they want to do films on book series like that, just don't go for a TV show where you you've got the time to really explain Build it. People are not going to enjoy it because they don't understand. Yeah, I get the backstory into it. Yeah. Okay, so should we do honorary mentions? But I'm going to do them really quick and not go into the, the worlds. Yeah. How many have you got? <laughs> I've got another four. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that were like I need to mention because I really like them and people should read them. <laughs> so Maze Runner books, ah, oh, love them. The films are quite accurate, and I'm fairly sure I've talked about them in a previous podcast. But is yeah, it, I really enjoyed them, and I enjoyed the prequel books. Is it dystopian, or did it just come out around about the same time as the dystopian one? So I lumped it in there in my brain. Yeah, there's no magical fantasy. It's definitely dystopian. Yeah, the Maze Runner books, which are the ones the films are based on those three and then he's since released like two prequel ones that explain how the flare virus like took off and stuff they're very good i really enjoyed them and to be funny the films do a pretty good job there's just small details like the language they use in each of the glades and stuff like that some of the backstory gets missed but nothing like too bad i think they follow the plot quite well hmm. and i think they get the main character quite right the only thing that I don't think they show is how creepy the people with the flare virus are in the actual series, in the books. They're so eerie. I think they go more into this. So there's like a city of people that have been infected by the flare virus that have been sealed off. Mm -hmm. And that one of the books, they go into it, which I'm not going to explain because that would be a spoiler. But basically, they do enter that city. Yeah. And the way that I don't know, it's just really creepy because like it's not like they become zombies, which is how they're shown in the film. They're like, they go basically gradually insane. Mm. So you don't reach the zombie stage until you're like really ill. And you're like, basically, you kind of die slowly. 
and they were struggling to visually show that so they just went straight for like the zombie stage yeah so that they're almost like that's how it's shown like when you're infected with the flare virus you have like outbursts of anger and like you get a bit murdery and then you get a bit like and then it, you get a bit more psychotic and then it just gets worse and worse and worse okay, and yeah. then then the city of people that are sealed off they show the people that are like in the early stages having to live alongside the ones who are like completely gone so how many books are there there's three in the original trilogy and then there was two prequels that were released so one of the prequels is about how the flare virus gets released and what's happened Mm. and then the second one is about what the kids in the maze runner books and like the history of what happened with them in the lead up to when they're put into the mazes yeah okay because some of the kids helped design the maze puzzles as well yeah so it goes more into about that okay and like there's a character that betrays everyone in the maze runner books and it's more about her history and stuff and she appears in both of those books so yeah i've quite liked them and then my other honorary mentions a shatter me series which you reminded me of lately, and I forgot how much I liked them. And then I reread the blog after twice about them now, haven't I? <laughs> when you asked me about them, and then I just sent you the blog in response, and I was like, actually, I'm just going to read the blog because my older like review books, review blogs aren't as detailed. And I then I reread it, and I was like, huh, well, this one was quite good. And I forgot how much I enjoyed them. Mm. That's a um, long series as well, isn't it? there's loads of them and they probably all look good together though right because they're all those eyes yeah they're very good yeah i like it some of the some of the relationships on it are on like the the bad side of like toxic Mm. but not so far over the line that i'm gonna be like don't read them just enough of it for to get the vibe (laughs) and then hunger games because it doesn't get talked about enough that's a really old very good dystopian i was literally watching a tiktok earlier about so one of the guys i follow he has recently just reread them all and he was mm. talking about cynic and how like he was going through cynic's trauma and how he he was just not treated well and how there should mm. be like justice for cynic and i was like i forgot how wonderful he is as a character and yeah. i got pressed all over again and now i want to reread them and also because i want to read the ballad of songbirds and snakes Yes, that's really good. Actually, I've read that. And so I want to read all of it. But I, I'm kind of put off because I know it's about President Snow, right? But he doesn't try to kind of justify how evil he is. That's what I assumed it would. Like, something would yeah. happen, he would be a good person, then something would happen that would make him evil. And I'm like, I don't really want that. No, he's not, like, good or bad. He's kind of just, like, he's a, he is a teenager in his book. And it's more, like, about the history of the war back when he was young which is obviously like 70 years before Hunger Games Mm -hmm. and very start of the games and stuff yeah and how and it it goes into the history of how the world as we know it in the Hunger Games came about and how he became president kind of almost and it doesn't try to justify how evil it is it more kind of like presents the context Okay, that sounds like more intriguing now. Yeah, it's not trying to make us feel sorry for him. I don't want something that's going to make, like, just be forcefully like, he was good, and then the love of his life got stolen from him or something. No, so it it kind of just sort of, yeah, it's really hard to explain without spoiling it. Like, the love of his life looked just like Katniss, and that's why he hated Katniss. Like, do you know what I mean? I hate when stuff like that happens. But it does get into the reason why he hates the Mockingjay symbol so much, and why that's such a kick in the teeth. Okay. That sounds fine, yeah. That's quite well done. And then, like, the songs that Katniss sings in the Hunger Games, there's a girl he loves that sings them in in his book. So, like, it's more like you're just there, like, Katniss was giving him a big, bigger F you than you realise the whole time. And it just makes him so Okay. Yeah. It makes you, like, think, like, yeah, Katniss, you're badass even more. Yeah, you're just there, like, she didn't even know what she was doing. So, like, yeah, the song, she sings, <laughs> the song she sings in the meadow yeah. with Drew, that really sad song, yeah. was actually not a sad song. It was, like, done as a happy jig in oh. his time but it was sung by a girl he loved oh. and then couldn't have for various reasons like it all went wrong yeah okay yeah 
and I then it's like ha, actually then you know why that was such a big deal and then yeah it goes to those little like tidbits of the history that are really well done oh yeah that sounds really good yeah I really enjoyed it and my last honorary mention is An Ember in the Ashes oh yeah no I've not read that oh I love them so much those are four books the last one just came out quite recently so what's like fast blurb on them so there's like, so you follow the story of Liar and Elias. So it goes both of their points of view. Liar is one of the scholars and Elias is one of the uh, ruling class. Basically, the ruling class are kind of like essentially the Romans, but obviously it's set in like a high fantasy world. And Elias is in their gladiator like training school, which is really horrible and strict. And he basically plans to run away from it once he graduates. Yeah. And then they announce that a game has been like predicted prophesized for hundreds of years is going to happen which is where they compete to pick the next emperor mm-hmm. um, and elias is one of the people chosen to compete and he's like oh dang no i can't run away and I'm then my plan yeah and then in the separate story Laya, um her brother has gotten involved with the kind of the re- rebellion and he gets taken away and she tries to save him and in doing so she kind of gets into a household of one of the generals in the army mm. and that's how their paths cross but it turns out like a lot of the things that happen so there's like lots of magic and they use like the djinn which is a mythical creature we don't really see a lot it's like an asian myth yeah myth yeah yeah and it's about the djinn and what happened to the djinn and how the scholars were subjugated in the first place and the rise of the empire and like yeah and stuff like that and then sounds good and shoes and yeah but it's a real slow burn fancy, uh, romance in that book. It's drawn out like four books long. <laughs> I literally cannot decide what my favourite romance is. Like, because for a long time I thought it was Friends to Lovers. But I think it's just well written romance. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I also like Enemies to Lovers and yeah. I also like Slow Burn and. I don't know if there's a fast burn. I wouldn't like that. That's the one I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do like slow burn. I like, you know, when it's just like they brush hands and it's all like... <laughs> very much yeah. like very much like the Six of Crows. Yeah, they don't not get together because they don't want to. Like, circumstances just keep getting in their way. But the ending, it just oh, ties everything up so well. Like, I've never... It's been a while since I've read a series like that that ties the ending up like so perfectly like she can you can see she's clearly never intending to dip back into it oh that's good i like that (laughs) yeah it's sabata here is the author for that one and it's set culturally in a different kind of place and with different kinds of people and it's just it's just so well done and everyone everyone except helene gets a good ending (laughs) and that's like (laughs) i don't think that spoils anything just helene like gets really like done over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, she has a good ending happily ever after for everyone can it yeah basically she has a good ending but it's not the happy ending that i wanted for her no, um, everyone else it ends it ends so well <sighs> but i cried a lot at the ending of that book mm. they are really good it's another way and the audiobook mm. that is quite good so if you want to add it to your audio list instead of your to be read <laughs> yeah i might do actually the audiobook so much quicker obviously um, yeah well also the voices this is one of the rare times where someone gets the voice that i read in my head so right in the way they sound the actors so they did have a different actor a different narrator for elias and a different narrator for liar and then later helene has her own narrations as well and they get them like the voices are like correct it's a crazy audiobook their voices are not how i pictured them like a nege they get a nege really wrong in i've my not listened to the audio yeah i don't like a nege's narration quite quiet. waiting on rule of walls whichever the first one is of that duology that's available on saturday so i'm just waiting on that now <laughs> waiting 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 listening to loads of others in the meantime yeah, so if there's a one you're going to listen to, that's definitely one I think you'd enjoy. Yeah. I've not steered you wrong yet. <laughs> okay, so I've just got one honourable mention. 
Although also Twilight on there. Um, <laughs> Classic. It's so toxic and there's so many things wrong with it. Why? No. The Southern Vampire Mysteries. I don't think you've read them. Also known no, as Sticky Stackhouse Mysteries. Also known as True Blood. I love the series. TV show. Did you like the TV show? Yeah. Did you watch it all? I watched it all the way through to the end. I didn't really like the ending. But yeah, I did watch the whole But it was good. So the books, I think there's 14 of them. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> that you've read the TV, that you've seen the TV show is good because it means um, you know what I'm talking about. So it follows Suki Stackhouse, who is a human in our world, in Bon Temps, in Louisiana. And no, it's not long after vampires have come out of the closet. So we yeah. all know that vampires are real now. Human beings know vampires are real. They're in our world. We know they're real. And they're very much kind of like a metaphor for for homosexuality, really, because mm. it's all phrases like they've come out the closet, um, come out the yeah, coffin. They come out the coffin, yeah. And then it's got fairies in there eventually. It's got shapeshifters. It's got where well werewolves effectively i don't i can't remember if they're actually i don't think they're referred to as werewolves oh yeah i think they are actually and it's got like were panthers and things mm-hmm. um there's a lot of politics in it between the vampires oh yeah there's witches as well suki is basically we follow suki it's her story as she falls into this world of everything that she didn't know existed basically but suki's not a normal human in that she can read people's minds so she can mm. hear what people are thinking and she's always felt like she's odd because of it then she finds that she can't hear vampires thoughts so when she meets her first vampire she's very much as inclined to sort of get into the vampire world a bit more because mm. it's just nice and quiet for her and then there's like loads of storylines it's all a bit crazy the craziness of the tv show is correct in that it's crazy, oh, okay. but the storylines are much better in the books. The TV show goes crazy in a kind of cheesy way, but the books... Yeah, it does start to lose its sort of depth, like those American series do. It was, when it was very much like Riverdale in that it just kind of realised it was being a ri- bit ridiculous and leaned into it. Mm, so, yeah, Riverdale's awful. <laughs> it's only the first series follows the first book. Mm, it's the first book in a little bit. And then it kind of goes off, the TV series goes off on its own tangent. Yeah. From the first book, uh, from the first series. Okay. Strongly recommend it. Definitely an adult book. Lots of sex. Yeah, I was just looking them up. (laughs) Good sex. Lots of good sex scenes. (laughs) If Um, you're only going to read one book, read book four. You know I'm not going to do that. You know I'm going to doggedly go through all of them. Because I am who I am. <laughs> you're going to read some sex scenes for the hot, hot vampire read book four. I'm telling you, they're in book four. <laughs> you just want some hot shower sex scenes read book four. Oh but if you want lots of other sex scenes, read the whole series. <laughs> <laughs> if you're specifically interested in shower ones, then she knows. She knows the book for you. Want hot vampire shower sex scenes? Oh, they have that, and um, <laughs> they have that in that um Blood and Ash series. A shower sex scene with a vampire. Yeah, that's in number three, I believe. If you like shower sex scenes, read <laughs> Amber and the Ashes, <laughs> the Southern Vampire Mysteries. Um. But the Southern Vampire Mysteries, as the title suggests, it's actually, yes, it's got fantasy elements, but it's more of a mystery series. Okay. And all the books have the words dead in them, and it's really really cool and puntastic. So there we go. All the titles, <laughs> the book titles. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was just, I'm just looking them up when I was in. So, you know, even if none of you guys read the books we've just talked about, we have lots to read now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You're lazy. <laughs> well, I'm not going to. I'm going to order them, probably, at some point. 
and I will add them to the pile that sit behind me while I record these. As a series that I always find in charity shops, so it might be worth having a little mooch about. When I get all the same covers, though. Nice. But they, that's the series that they change the covers halfway through, so you won't get nice covers that match. Yeah, I'm just seeing one that says complete, all the covers are the same. Oh, no, all these books I've been saving have been going to the wrong place. Oh, right. they do have matching covers now, which are like the bright coloured ones with like drifting. Yeah. yeah. They're not the originals. These were the original ones, and they changed the series halfway through the covers, and I'm depressed because these were like this style. Oh, I prefer Beautiful. that. And they all look like this on the side. Yeah. yeah, and I will show you what they look like now. Well, some of them. Are They're just kind of colourful with some blood on them. TV show one. Oh no! Look at the ones. Hang on, me. This is no good for anyone listening. But look, this is what they are on Amazon. Yeah, they look nice. Those ones. They're all. At least they're all the same. You get the whole collection like that. And then, what the bloody hell is this one? Oh, they changed it again. Oh no! But this one annoys me because some of these TV show characters. Aren't even in the books. Are they not? No, you see, like Jessica right here. Front, yeah. front, not in the book. She's made is up she for the TV show. So why is she front and center on a bloody book cover? I mean, she's in like. To be fair, she's in every series from like series one. I can't believe she's not in the books at all. The main character in the series, um, a main character. Yeah. Not in the books. Oh. Why is she on a bloody cover? Yeah, you would think they'd at least check that. <laughs> Unless she's in this book, because I haven't actually read the last couple of books. But well, it's so weird that happens so early in the TV series and then hasn't happened thus far for you. I'm going to restart them. Yeah, I like those covers. They remind me of the Stephen King ones that are all like the rainbow covers that I kind okay. of want to see. Yeah, just another, another long series to add. <laughs> We need to do, oh, maybe we need to do standalone recs, but like you'll probably have more to recommend than me, I suspect. Mm, perhaps. I think the standalones I mostly read are either horror or contemporary. I have been trying this year after Skullduggery, been trying to steer clear of long series. Mm. It's just so far been successful for the most part, apart from accidentally falling into something. But you've just added a load to your, your list. Yeah, well, it is what it is. This yeah. is why we're the lazy book lovers. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll yeah. do some standalone wrecks. I'd have to really think about that one. That's one we're required to actually prep. <laughs> yeah. That'll um, come at some point. <laughs> yeah. So that that's it. That's our fantasy series is, 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 is. recommendations. <laughs> Come and join us on Instagram and tell us five fantasy series you love. Yeah. Or if you're like us and couldn't get five, tell us ten instead, which is basically what I just did. <laughs> just tell us fantasy series you love. Yeah. Or fantasy adjacent. Yeah, fantasy dystopian, anything like that, sci-fi. Anything in that region. We were going to do sci-fi. i got a different list for that one. <laughs> I haven't read that much sci-fi, but anything I have read, I really enjoyed, and I didn't think I would. Yeah. So it's one of those ones that I don't really know, because all my sources, like Bookstagram and BookTok, they're talking about the same six fantasy series, frankly. So my sources of information have dried up a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, we should do sci-fi. I'll chat about sci-fi sometime. I have read a couple, so I'd have enough to sort of contribute. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than me just telling you things to put on your list. I've got those ones, you know, those Illuminae ones. Yeah, Illuminae files. Yeah. And what are the ones where they're on Mars? I don't know. Red Rising. Oh, yeah, no, I've not read them. Yeah, they're on, I've got them on my wish list. Yeah, I want to. Just so little time. Can you guys just pay us to read? We'll read books for you if you pay us. <laughs> Get yeah. everyone you know to download this, and then we can start. Mm. Make it work <laughs> us leaving our, I was about to say us leaving our jobs, but no. 
<laughs> yeah, make it somewhere I can leave my job too. <laughs> Although by the time this comes out, I may have had to scurry back to my job. Who knows? Oh, no. If anyone needs any uh, content writing slash yeah. social media slash, uh, I don't know, virtual oh. VA services, please hit me up. Beta <laughs> reading as well. Hmm? You're in a beta reading service, aren't you, as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Tally will have, I think, you'll have been doing it like three weeks officially by the time this comes out, or two weeks a few weeks yeah yeah three weeks. yeah she's going full-time with the freelance copywriting <laughs> and being the digital marketer and all this awesome. <laughs> very brave so if you guys have any work or know anyone you know chuck it her way <laughs> go on my tiktok and see when my videos jumped from one a day to like 12 a day and that's when you know <laughs> i left my job <laughs> honestly i've I'm starting to think I'm wait. I'm not gonna do like nice polished videos anymore, and I'm just gonna do like rando ones of me talking because like I just don't have the energy. Um, but like the ones where I'm just talking get pushed out to more people. Yeah, they like the ones that take less yeah. time to make. The ones where I like try. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. We will speak to you next week about something. Hi guys. Probably book related. Probably, maybe I don't know. <laughs> TikTok or book related. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Check out the link tree in our Instagram bio for our blogs, TikToks, and our own Instagrams.